like that. <laughs> uh, the Bible verse we're reading today is uh, Genesis 6, 9 to 22. Noah and the flood. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build the ark. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all round. Put a door in the side of the ark and make a lower, middle and upper decks. I'm going to bring the floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Amen. If I can invite Jennifer up. It's from Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Well, good morning, everyone. We're in the middle of a series reflecting on a great cloud of witnesses. And this morning, we're going to look at the amazing witness of Noah uh, to Almighty God. Now, have you had a good look at Patrick's artwork here depicting the great cloud of witnesses? If you haven't, please do so. And I really connect with this tiny little figure here at the bottom of the painting. And I think that's because when I look at all the witnesses that have gone before and their faith, I feel very small. And you might as well. But actually, we might feel small now. And I'm sure so did Abel and Enoch and Noah in their own strength. But we all have this gigantic heavenly father who gives us all the resources to witness to his love and mercy. You too 
will join the great cloud of witnesses with Jesus in heaven in due course. But right now, we're to stand as clouds of witnesses in our communities and our families where we live right now and see God bring his kingdom in around us. So I'm going to use Genesis 6, 9 to 22 that Rob read to us this morning to touch on various aspects of Noah and the ark's amazing witness to his family, to his neighbours and to us right now. I also want to spend a little time looking at how the ark is a type of Christ. In other words, it points us to the coming and attributes of Christ for us. But more on that later. Do you want Bibles? I'm going to go through and I haven't done a PowerPoint. So if you do, please wave your hand in the air and somebody will bring them to you. Verse 9 to 10 then introduces us to Noah and his family. They tell us a lot about the character of Noah. He was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. It reminds me of Philip's message last week of how Enoch walked with God. Noah walked faithfully with God. He was the tenth generation from Adam, just for those who like the info. <laughs> Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. And just in case you're wondering, Jesus was descended through the genealogy of Shem. 2 Peter 2 verse 5 tells us a little more about Noah's witness. Peter says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Well, all these mentions about righteousness make me ask the question, what does that mean? What is a righteous person? What is a preacher of righteousness? Well, God is righteous. Everything about God's nature is character and acts are righteous or right. God is completely good. So what is his nature? What are his acts then? God's righteousness includes his love, his justice, faithfulness to his covenants, his saving grace, his mercy, his redemption of believers, reconciliation of believers to himself, judgments, supreme rule, and much more. So each of these are expressions of God's righteousness. When we say God is good, that is exactly what it means. He is good. He cannot be bad. That's righteousness. Noah mirrored God's righteousness in his walk, in his faithfulness, and in his preaching. 
verses 11 to 12, tell us of the situation on earth in Noah's time. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Oh, what a stark contrast to the righteousness of God and Noah's faithful walk with God. From the point of creation and God declaring that all his work was good to ten generations after the fall, all people were corrupt. No recognition of who God was, just all about themselves and what they wanted. So how verse 11 cries out of the situation today. It wasn't just then that the earth was full of violence and corrupt. We only have to watch the news. There is so much we see and hear that is not righteous. So much violence and hate. So much pain and discrimination. So much damage. All those Bibles on Wayne's hands. Seeing so many people acting in a way that is opposite to our Father God's love his mercy, his justice, his creation, causes us to call on his name, causes us to call to him to act, causes us to call to ask him to bring his peace and his justice into this world and for Jesus to return to claim his people. Jesus said in Luke 17, 26 to 27, that in the days before he returns, it will be like the days of Noah. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying and being given in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered into the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. I'm not saying we're close to the return of the Lord. I have no idea. And there have been other times and places over the centuries when it must have seemed like it was near to the return of Jesus. But we just don't know. But what this story does do is make us reflect on what our witness is in these days of violence and in the poverty of love. Are we like Noah, faithful and righteous? Are we witnessing to the hope and the light of the world to Jesus Christ? Are we reflecting the character of God in justice and mercy and love? So Noah hears from God and listens to what he says. 
verses 14 to 17. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Cypress wood even. I don't know why I said cypress. I don't know what that's all about. But there you go. We'll start again. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you're to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening, one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle and upper decks. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But God offers Noah a way forward. But God. That's it in the Bible so many times. It's just the most wonderful words in the Bible. But God offers Noah a way forward. A way out of certain death and into life. I wonder if you know that our Heavenly Father offers a way out of certain death into abundant hope and eternal life through his Son, Jesus Christ. Do you believe that through Jesus' perfect life, his death and resurrection, that he took our place in death and replaced our dirty, worldly rags with white robes? Of righteousness, so that we are right in God's sight. So we're righteous in God's sight. If you don't know Him as your Saviour and King, then turn to Him. His way is life, it's not death. And if we confess our sins, 1 John says, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and save us from all unrighteousness. Back to the story. For information, again, the size of the ark in metres is 137 metres long, 23 metres wide, and nearly 14 metres high. To give you an idea, the length is about one and a third times a football pitch so it give you some idea um, I can't think in metres either <laughs> a cubit we learnt about cubits at school but I don't suppose many of you did um, <laughs> a cubit is the measure it's the length measured from the tip of your middle finger to your elbow it would obviously vary depending on the size of your arm. <laughs> Don't know what size Noah's arm was. <laughs> Cypress wood is a type of pine tree and is very durable, resistant to water and was perfect for the ark. To make it extra water resistant and safe, God instructed Noah to coat the ark with pitch inside and out. Well, pitch is a black or dark substance like tar. 
and the ark had three floors. One window on the third floor, a cubit square, <laughs> and one door. Why would Noah build the ark? You just think, why would you even start? I, in my little mind, if that's what God had said, I would think that is totally impossible. He probably felt like the little man in the painting. It would take him between 55 and 70 years to build this ship. And where on earth did he get the motivation from to keep going, to keep preaching, to keep working in the will of God? A lot of people think that it was 120 years for the ark to be built, Just, but look back at the age of Noah and his sons when they were born and you can it's 55 to 70 years I'm just saying <laughs> just in case um, Hebrews 11 verse 7 by faith Noah when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear built an ark to save his family his motivation was holy fear and to save his family. He knew God's character and nature and had a deep respect and huge awe for him as his creator, as his saviour, as his almighty father. When we understand who our heavenly, holy father God is, when we know Jesus, we will have the motivation to witness, to speak of Jesus, to share our hope and experience, to show through our life's work where our hope and strength lies in the righteousness of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. In addition to Noah's warnings, as he witnessed to the unbelieving world about God's impending judgment was his wordless preaching. Every hammer blow, every pounding of a nail was a call to the world to repent and a declaration that judgment was coming. <clears throat> During the construction of the ark, Noah bore witness to righteousness. Every step we walk in love is a wordless preach to the world. Every coffee and bacon sandwich that's served here at the Kingdom Cafe, uh, who let the dogs out? Dad, I've done it again. <laughs> I've got no excuse, I write this down. I'm so sorry. Uh, who let the dads out? It is not a picture of what I think about men. I just cannot get that sentence out of my head. Please call it something else, Nick. <laughs> 
I'll start that again. <laughs> Every coffee and bacon sandwich that's served here at Kingdom Cafe, at Who Let the Dads Out, at, at Messy Church, and all the other events, are wordless preaching. We've been warned that the wages of sin are death, but we can preach that our ark is Jesus Christ and that the gift of God through Jesus is eternal life and we can do that through the way we walk in righteousness and how we serve the world. So Noah also had God's promise as motivation to continue building the ark. God made a covenant with him, an agreement And when God makes an agreement with you, it cannot fail. It is in love, and God's love never fails. You can trust it completely. His covenant was salvation for Noah and his family through them entering the ark. So verse 18 says, But I will establish my covenant with you, And you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. God also provided practically and physically for Noah and his family in that they were instructed to take two of each animal and also to stock up on enough food to keep themselves and the animals alive for as long as it took. So just to sum up Noah's motivation to witness, he knew God as his creator and king, king of his life. He listened to what God said to him, and he was obedient to it. God made a covenant with him, gave him a promise to hold on to during the dark times and provided everything Noah needed to keep himself and his family alive. Now there are parallels, as you may have noticed, between the ark being the way that Noah and his family were saved and with Jesus being our saviour. I just want to mention one thing, and I know how much you all love a Hebrew word thrown into the sermon, but sometimes the use of certain words in the Bible just confirm to me that the scriptures are spirit-written, and this is one of them. The Hebrew word for pitch is kappa. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's spelled K-A-P-H-A-R. That's the Hebrew word in verse 14 for pitch. The definition of the word kappa is to cover, to purge, to make an atonement, to make reconciliation. I just find that remarkable. So just as Noah was told to cover 
the entire inside and outside of the ark with pitch. So Jesus is our cover, our atonement, reconciling us back to God. After the ark is built, the Lord says to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. In the same way, if we come to Jesus Christ for salvation, we will be covered by the perfect blood of Jesus, inside and out. So therefore there is no condemnation for us, as Romans 8 verse 1 says. Why? Because we're covered. That's the word. Kappa again and reconciled back to God. The ark only has one door. There's no other way in. Jesus said in John 10 verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Well, the waters represent God's judgment, but Noah didn't save himself. God instructed him how to do so. Noah trusted the ark, and we can trust in Christ completely and utterly. The ark was made of wood, just as the cross was. The pitch protected the people inside, making a watertight seal and Jesus' blood covers our sins and protects us from the judgment of God. Jesus is our only hope of escaping the flood of God's coming judgment on those who reject him. Are we witnessing, like Noah, like he did to those who don't know him? just want to pray Heavenly Father we are your workmanship we are created in Christ Jesus your son to do your righteous and good works the works that you've prepared for us to do we are to be witnesses to warn and to offer hope and peace through the gift of God salvation through Jesus Lord, open our hearts and our ears to be challenged by you, to be a witness of your goodness wherever we are, in our families and in our whole lives. In your name, we ask it. Amen.